Welcome to Women Talk Money, the podcast. I'm your host, Akira, and I was just like you, winging it with my finances until I decided the generational paycheck to paycheck cycle stopped with me. I created a simple way to manage my money with the freedom to achieve my financial goals without sacrificing the things I love. I'm here to help you do the same, to show you that money can be simple, unrestrictive, and empowering. Stay tuned and I'll show you how. Welcome to the very first episode of Women Talk Money. I'm so excited to share my full money story with you all. If you've been following me on social media or you're on my email list, then you've heard bits and pieces of my own money story, but I've never told it in totality from beginning to end. So I'm excited to give you all all the details and my journey up to how I'm able to create freedom in my life now, how I define that for myself, and how I've been able to have the self-awareness and my relationship with money in order to get to this point. So I'm going to break my money story down in four different stages, and this is really going to help break down like where I was in that phase, what I was doing, my biggest lessons learned in that phase, and one of the best things that happened to me during each of those phases. And this is really going to help put context, especially if you're someone who's like, I'm not quite there yet, or that's where I'm at right now, you'll be able to identify with these different stages depending on where you are. And I will explain exactly how I was in a paycheck to paycheck cycle starting out and how I've been able to manage my money and not be in a paycheck to paycheck cycle since that stage. So let's break it down starting with stage one. And I'm really going to define this stage as kind of like my naivety stage and where I was just repeating what I knew. And I know a lot of people who haven't really been taught a lot about money growing up and don't really know how to manage their money. They may feel shame about it, but really you just haven't learned yet and that's okay. The good part is that you're here, that you're listening to this podcast episode and you're ready to take action. So during this stage, I was living paycheck to paycheck. I was in college and like a couple years after college before I kind of learned how to manage my own money, right? So I had a number of jobs while I was in college. I, you know, had babysitting gigs. I was working at the gym at my university. Then more consistently, I had an internship that paid me pretty well. While I wasn't getting like a consistent paycheck from week to week, I think at that point I was getting paid weekly. I was able to be flexible in order to accommodate like my school schedule. So it was something that paid well and I was able to be flexible enough to maintain studying and all the academic responsibilities that I had. And at this time, I was really just using the money that I was earning for utilities. At this point, my parents were paying for the rent my rent and my tuition. I also took out student loans, so they weren't paying for the full tuition. They were covering some of it, but they were covering my rent from month to month. I was responsible for the utilities and then any food outside of that, clothes, shoes, anything beyond rent, I was responsible for. So that's kind of what I was using my money on from week to week as I was getting paid. During this stage, I had a total lack of financial literacy. Like I did not have money conversations growing up. I was used to hearing my parents talk about like it will never be enough, like no amount of money will ever be enough. 
and you know we're always trying to get ahead we're always trying to get ahead and something always comes up that just pushes us like two steps back so just to give you an insight on like my thoughts around money I had subconsciously believed that you know no money would ever be enough and during this phase I got my first credit card in college with a limit of $500 by the time I graduated it was maxed out at about $2,000 and this is the first time I ever had a credit card I remember walking into a Bank of America because at this time I had a checking account with them and I forget exactly why I went to the bank that day but they were like you're pre-approved for a credit card you know do you want to hear about the terms of the offer and I was kind of nervous to be honest but then when they told me the terms I was like okay I think I can manage this at that point I was like I'm just going to use this credit card for gas and beyond that you know I didn't want to use it for the different things I was spending my money on like food clothes and shoes that didn't last very long I definitely ended up using it for more than gas obviously because by the time I left college it was maxed out I think at that point that was my second year in college so I did have that credit card for at least two years while in college I remember talking to my sister at this stage and she was like you really need a budget because I would send her text messages like, hey, can you send me $20? Hey, can you send me $40? And I'm sure she was probably like, girl, every other week you're asking me for money. So she brought up, you know, the fact that maybe I needed a budget. And I remember kind of like getting mad that she said that. But, you know, now looking back on it, I know she was just doing it to help me because I thought like, I don't even have enough money to be able to budget. And this is a thought that I hear a lot of people talk about, thinking that you have to have like a certain amount of money to be able to budget your money. And it's really just not true. What that really says is that like you truly just don't know what to do with your money and you feel like you don't even have enough money to make ends meet. When in all actuality, knowing where your money is going is actually going to help you manage whatever amount of money that you have. So that's kind of where my head was in this stage. And after, like right after graduating, I had moved back in with my parents because I hadn't landed a job. Funny story is I was in the process of getting hired at a company and literally during the process, I was going in, like I was in the process of my very last interview and they literally had a hiring freeze so I was like shit you've got to be kidding me like I haven't been applying to roles because this was you know they basically were like you have the job and I was just waiting kind of for everything to get started to get my start date and everything and then they went into a hiring freeze so when I left college I did not have a job lined up and I had this credit card that was maxed out. I had moved back in with my parents. They were nice enough to like kind of let me move back in with them, not have to deal with figuring out like how I'm going to pay for somewhere to live. So definitely super grateful for that. And at this point, I was just trying to make ends meet because I had this credit card bill I had to pay each month and I didn't have that internship anymore. So I'm like, all right, well, I got to figure out how to get some money. So I just had like a few babysitting gigs here and there enough to be able to pay my credit card bill. 
So at this point, I was like, all right, I just need to get a job. I need to be able to earn some sort of money consistently. Like, this is what my thought process was. And I was like, the first priority when I get a job is to pay off this credit card because it is just, you know, I would pay the minimum and then it would be right back over the maxed out amount because of the interest I was accruing. So I was like, all right, I got to tackle this credit card. So that was like my first order of business when I got a job. So really, this is the first stage. Like I said, I was just repeating the habits that I knew. I was spending money like on food, on clothes, on going out with my friends, um, and really had no real sense of how to work towards any sort of financial goal. I didn't think that I needed a budget because I believed that I didn't make enough money. And it really just fed into living paycheck to paycheck. Like it was only contributing even more to that cycle. Now, one of the biggest lessons learned during that phase was like, shit gets real quick when you don't know what to do with your money. And before you know it, it's like you're in over your head. So at that point, I'm like, all right, I got a max out credit card. I don't have this internship anymore. I don't have any real money coming in. And the best thing I can do right now is just be able to pay off my my credit card so that I'm not missing payments. So that's kind of where I was. And then one of the best things I did during this phase was deciding that there would be enough money even though I had heard up to this point like no money will ever be enough like I'll always you know be trying to get ahead and something always comes up I was like no forget that I am going to be able to make enough money to not be in this cycle because it's something that I had seen my whole life and I remember my parents even getting better jobs like better paying jobs throughout their careers and I'm like how is this not enough like we didn't have enough money previously when you were at that job and I'm not saying this obviously I'm just like kind of thinking this in my head how are we not able to make any sort of progress between the last salary you were making and this salary so like that's something I just could never figure out and like I said one of the best things during this phase was deciding that that was not going to be my situation. I was like, I do not want to continue living paycheck to paycheck, even though it's something that I only knew. And I was like, whatever, I will figure it out. And as soon as I get this job and get a consistent paycheck, I'm getting out of this paycheck to paycheck cycle. So that was sort of stage one for me. Stage two, how I define it is like the big learning curve. Because this is the stage that I spent the most amount of time in because it was the first time I started to really learn how to manage my money. And it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of figuring out like what to use, how I could stay on track to my budget, how I could stick with the budget. And also in this stage, I was really unlearning the old habits that I subconsciously adopted growing up. One of the biggest ones being thinking that, you know, you know, no money will ever be enough, kind of like I said previously. So thinking that you can just do all these new things and not have any of that past experience in your head is a mistake that I feel like people make because managing your money is more than about just like looking at the numbers and practicing budgeting. It's really unlearning some of the previous habits that don't serve you 
and understand what you need to do in order to change some of those habits so that you can start to manage your money in a more healthy way. Because it is the combination of like knowing the strategy, yes, knowing the numbers is good, but also having the habits in order to be able to stay consistent and to actually do what you're like writing down on paper. Because it's great to see everything written down. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. In theory, yes, that should work, but like, can I execute it? And being able to execute it is like really unlearning some of those old habits and figuring out what actually works for you. So this was the stage that I stayed in for the longest amount of time. So starting out, I got my first job out of college. I was getting paid a decent salary as an entry-level engineer, and I was thankful to just have a job and to be earning a paycheck. I did decide to continue living with my parents for a while to figure out where I wanted to live and... Um, to not necessarily have the expense of rent like immediately. And again, they held me down, like so thankful that I was able to stay with them and not have to like pay rent. And that's something that I do not take for granted because I know that's not necessarily a situation that everyone has. Maybe you don't get to move back in with your parents or if you do, you have to pay rent. Whatever the case may be, it's, I'm saying this not as something to necessarily brag about, but just a part of the process that really allowed me to be able to manage the money that I had in a way that I didn't have a ton of pressures, like as soon as I started earning an income. So during this phase, I started budgeting and really what I used was just a paper planner and I ordered it from Etsy. I remember ordering it and I would write down all my monthly expenses. I would write down on the calendar like what dates they were due and I would keep all of my financial information in one place. At this point, I was paying like minor bills like cell phone, credit card bill, food, you know, gas, anything outside of rent necessarily that I needed to spend money on. At this point, my parents were still covering my car insurance, but I'll get to the point where I kind of picked up that bill later. So this was really a point where I could just focus on paying off that credit card bill. And I was able to do that in, I believe, six months. Because I want to say I started that job in September. And I want to say by the beginning of the year, like right in the first quarter, is when I was able to pay that credit card off. And this was really the start of like the learning curve for me. Because during this stage, like I learned how credit worked and how interest worked. I learned like what a principal balance is, what the interest was after the principal was paid. And I remember having a moment where I was on the phone with a lady because at this point my parents agreed to renovate the garage for me in order to have kind of like a little bit of privacy and room to myself. I purchased a storage unit in order to take everything that was in the garage and be able to store it outside. And I had to take out a loan in order to be able to do this. And I remember going like, you know, going through my budget and it's like, all right, what do I need to do to pay this off? How long is it going to take for me to pay this off? So I literally wrote out all the numbers and I called the lady to make my last payment. And she was like, okay, well, you still have this much left over. And I remember feeling so stupid. I'm like, what do you mean I have this much left over? Like I did the math. This is it. And she was like, no, that's just the principle. That doesn't also cover the interest. And that was a moment for me that I realized that I had a lot more to learn than I had figured out up to that point. I 
wasn't necessarily like my the lack of financial literacy was showing at this point because there are things that I just genuinely did not know so I was able to learn like how credit worked what a principal balance was learning like why you should even save because up to this point I never really experienced saving on a consistent basis like in my home growing up my parents saved I know we purchased a home and before that we had moved from different townhomes and really the only time I, I'd experienced them saving was when we needed like that first month down payment if we were living in a townhome or saving to buy the first home and outside of that it wasn't really a whole lot of saving going on and at that point I was like I don't even understand why you should save because again my thought process was no money will ever be enough so what's the point of saving when you still just don't have enough money so again this is just inside kind of some of the thoughts I had during this stage where I had the biggest learning curve so I was like okay well maybe I should just start saving in order to just have some money set to the side but I really didn't know like how much that should be on a monthly basis where to put that money I had a savings account but it was at this point linked at the same bank where I have my checking account which is something that I would learn over time that is not the best practice but at this point it was good enough and I was like okay I should just start saving some amount of money because some amount of money is better than nothing I was learning what it felt like to literally just like have to spend my own money and not my parents money anymore because it's one thing to spend money when it's not yours it's a whole nother thing to spend money when it's only yours and you see all those transactions coming out of your account all the time at this stage i also learned that salaries were negotiable you didn't just have to accept the first offer you got which is something that i did not realize coming out of college i think it's something that people should talk about more and then i was also learning how to be intentional about the money that i was spending like did i have to go out with my friends every single weekend did i have to eat out every single day did I have to just wing it day to day or could I be more intentional about how I wanted to spend my money in between paychecks? So that's kind of what I talk about when I describe myself going through this learning curve. And learning all those things really led me to be better prepared to handle my series of firsts, right? And I'll tell you what those were. But how I was able to use that extra money on top of my necessities in order to get to the next goal that I wanted to get to. So the series of firsts that I kind of had during this time was I started saving for the first time. It was the first time I needed credit in order to be approved for things outside of a credit card. I bought my first car. I moved into my own apartment for the first time and it was the first time that I had gotten a raise. So all of these different things that I was able to accomplish, I was able to be prepared to handle those things because of the learning that I was doing at this time. And I really think that a lot of people try to prematurely get to the goal before unlearning some of the unhealthy money habits that they already have that's going to work against them when they're trying to get to the goal and I know it's like but I just want to buy a home but I just want to buy a car but I just want to do all these things and people I just think don't understand 
how much not really creating like healthy money habits is actually going to help you get to that goal. Like it's going to be the thing that's going to get you there with peace instead of fighting your way there the whole time. And because it's the thing that doesn't sound sexy, right? Like it doesn't sound sexy to have like healthy money habits or better money behaviors. Like the sexy thing is a new car. The sexy thing is, you know, having a new home. But it's like, when you get there, do you want to still be living in the paycheck to paycheck cycle? Do you still want to be figuring out where your money is going? Or can we focus on those things now, clean those things up so that when you do get your new car or when you do buy your home, you're not trying to figure out, all right, why am I so stressed out? Like I've achieved this huge goal and I really can't even celebrate it because I'm so stressed out about how I'm going to get the money to come up with this bill from month to month. So one of the biggest lessons I learned during this stage was that budgeting does not require some minimum amount of money in order to be successful. It really does help you understand like where your money is going regardless of what you're making. And I talked about during stage one where it was just like a lot of naivety. I thought that I didn't even have enough money to budget and I hear people say this a lot, but during the learning curve stage for me, I realized that there is no minimum amount of money that you need to have in order to budget. Anything that you have in your account, you can budget it out. So once I started understanding where my money was going, it was literally so much easier for me to make those next decisions, like buying a car, like saving up money, you know, how much money I should be saving, moving to my own apartment, it really became more clear when I understood where my money was going. So it was so much easier for me to make those decisions and to feel confident about being ready to take the next step to those goals. Now, one of the best things that I did during this stage was not jump into any huge financial decisions, despite what people around me were doing. So I was in a work environment where people were earning money like right out of college or they were getting this job a couple years after college and making good money and like buying a home immediately or buying a car immediately or having a baby immediately. And that's not to say like maybe that was the best thing for them at that time. But for me, I was like, I really just want to figure out this whole money thing before I make any decision because I want to make sure that like I'm confident going into that decision and I don't want to be stressed out about money when I get there. So I think one of the best things I did during that stage was continue to live with my parents for a couple more months, not make any huge financial decisions, wait a couple months to buy a new car to understand what that process was like, what I needed to do to get there, how to save for a down payment, like kind of going into things with a little bit more strategy instead of jumping into these big financial goals just because I was earning money. And again, that's something that I think people make the mistake of is wanting to reach those goals and, you know, wanting the sexy thing without you know, getting a real good sense of exactly where that money is going before. And this is the stage most of my clients come to me in. They made some mistakes. They know they don't want to repeat those mistakes. 
they want the sexy thing they're like i'm ready to buy a new car or my car is about to die on me i know it's coming up or they have accumulated debt they want to pay off debt and they really just want to make better decisions with their money so they're no longer overspending or no longer doing things impulsively and they may have been able to achieve some of those things but like not necessarily on a consistent basis and what's happening is they're just simply in a paycheck to paycheck cycle and they haven't really focused on that part first before getting to the goal that they want. And so this is really what I help my clients do. That way, once they're ready to start saving for a new home, start saving for another car or put money away to go to college, whether it's for them or their kids, they're able to walk into that next thing with confidence, knowing that everything else has been stabilized so they don't have to stress about this new thing that they're doing in combination with everything else that they were already previously stressed about. And because of my experience in this stage, like I said, like this is the stage I stayed in the longest, I know how much this cycle can make the next stages of your finances so much more difficult if you don't have a handle on where your money is going right now and how to manage it. So this is really my stage of expertise because again, this is the stage I spent the longest amount of time in and I tried so many different things and I know like what's most helpful in this stage and exactly where you are at financially and the things that you're thinking about and the things that are holding you back from getting there. So the next stage is a stage I would call curiosity and it was actually the shortest stage. And really it was the shortest stage because this is where I tried to incorporate money practices and behaviors that just were not sustainable. I had the most money arguments with my husband during this stage. I had committed to spending as little as possible on myself and I just wanted to be as frugal as possible. And it backfired, to be totally honest. It just wasn't sustainable. It was making my husband miserable. It was something that just wasn't realistic at all, at least for me. I know that some people do this and they are happy-go-lucky and that's something if you're that person that's awesome but I know that that wasn't the case for me and I know a lot of people where this is not the case for them I know how it could really backfire in terms of trying to be so restrictive to the point where you make it such that once you're ready to spend money you are overspending because you are overcompensating from what you were just restricting yourself from. During this stage, I had started my third role and negotiated my salary successfully. So at this point, like I was pretty comfortable with negotiating salaries and understanding that you didn't have to just accept the first offer. I was very comfortable with managing my money at this point and I was looking for the next financial milestone. This is the stage where I learned that it was possible to retire early. So once I learned that, I like dove headfirst into like all the podcasts I can listen to, all the blogs I could read. Like I was consumed with like personal finance things and I was really, to be honest, obsessing over it. A part of this is because I saw that I could achieve what I had not seen anyone else around me. And so it was new, it was like this new shiny object and I was just so excited. 
because it was like a whole new world. I remember my mom telling me growing up, you know, you always want to contribute to your retirement, but then the next breath would be like, you'll be working till the day you die. I remember getting my first job in high school. I worked as a hostess and she told me, don't try to start working so early because once you start working you'll just be working to the day you die so to learn that it was possible to retire early I'm like what I can't believe it so again it was just this shiny object and I was like this is something that I want to do I've never seen anyone do it around me and like I'm up for the challenge I really started obsessing over like personal finance spreadsheets and like budgeting apps and really it wasn't helpful in terms of like managing money with a partner because I was super excited about it. I was basically obsessed over it and my husband was like, oh my gosh, if you show me another spreadsheet, I'm going to blow up essentially. So it didn't mesh well, especially managing money with a spouse. That was what made me realize that this was really like unhealthy having my husband tell me like this is just too much. Like I do not want to be looking at spreadsheets every single day. Now, during this stage, we also were able to pay off two vehicles. So I had a car, he had a car. The car that I was able to buy kind of during the second stage of my financial journey that I talked about. So we paid off those two vehicles and we really started thinking about what it would take to purchase our first home. During this stage, extra money that we were earning on top of what our necessities were we're going towards paying off those two vehicles. It was about $12,000 to $15,000. Starting to build up our savings, knowing that we were thinking about buying a home. We didn't necessarily have a specific savings goal in mind at this point, but we knew that it was something that was on the horizon, so we just started to prepare for it early. This was also the stage where I started side hustling. I opened up an Etsy shop, and the money that I earned in the Etsy shop also went towards saving. Now, the biggest lesson that I learned during this stage was that financial freedom later doesn't have to mean sacrifice now. You can have a healthy balance. And I think when I learned that you could retire early, what I was seeing that everyone was doing it by being super, super frugal and it worked. So I thought, okay, well, this is the way that you get there. And really, that's not true. You can still get to financial freedom, but you don't have to sacrifice the now. You can still spend on things you love. You can still spend money on yourself. Like you don't have to restrict yourself to the point where it feels like you can't do anything and you aren't even enjoying your life right now. So one of the best things that I did during this stage was take the initiative to learn about investing instead of believing that it would be too hard to understand. And this is something that really helped me realize that anything that kind of I wanted to do in my finances was just a matter of me figuring out how it made sense for me and how I could make it work for the situation that I was in. Because I know a lot of people are like, you need to pay off debt first or you need to do savings this way. And really, it's a matter of being curious enough and self-aware enough, again, the learning curve process that happens in the second stage, being self-aware enough in order to apply whatever it is that you want, whether it's a financial goal, whether it's a habit, to your life so that it works for you. 
So in the process of learning about investing and about the stock market, I was like, this is not that hard to understand. And the fact that people were like, it's just so complicated. It doesn't make any sense. It's too risky. All that made me actually believe that it was when really that wasn't the case. And it helped me back from taking that initiative earlier. So I'm thankful that, you know, I ended up learning about it myself and it showed me that anything else that I wanted to do in my financial journey was possible. It was just a matter of me determining, okay, how does this make sense for me and how can I apply this to my specific situation? So lastly, stage four, and this is the stage that I'm currently at right now, and it's a stage where I would define as creating my own path and really a stage where I take everything I know and just apply it to each season of my life. Depending on in what we have going on, the different goals that we have, what our employment looks like now that I'm a full-time entrepreneur. Now, during this stage, I started exploring on what it would look like to spend money on things that I truly love and not restrict myself in those ways. So... This is when I started to just go to Starbucks if I wanted Starbucks because I was I'm in my coffee era and I've been here for a couple years. So I always talk about like I don't if I want Starbucks, I'm going to Starbucks. Like I love coffee and I'm not gonna sit here and try to restrict myself from everything I love just because people say you can't spend money on Starbucks and be financially responsible. Again, I'm at a point where okay. What does that mean for me? Does it even make sense? And how can I apply this to my situation in order to make it work for me? So instead of spending money on things that I really don't care about, like shoes, I'm kind of over in my clothes and shoes stage. Like I really just don't care. How can I just not spend money on those things unless it's something that I really need and use the money throughout the year or throughout the weeks to spend money on the things that I do love which is coffee so that's kind of what that looks like for me and also during this stage I'm also building self-awareness in a different way that was in stage two self-awareness during stage four is more of making sure that the goals that you're setting are important for you and not necessarily these societal goals and age-based goals and just because I'm 30 or just because I'm 40 or just because I'm 50 I should be here and being more self-aware with yourself like okay is this really actually something I want and if not that's fine let it go and if it is it's like okay well how can I get there so that's what I mean by self-awareness during this phase and a lot of that has allowed me to have a lot more peaceful conversations with my husband, like no more money arguments, and for us to be on the same page with our finances. I would really describe this phase as a stage of freedom because you are so unbothered. Unbothered by like what other people are doing with their money, the vacations that other people might be going on, the goals that they might be achieving because you are really that self-aware about what goals you are working towards and anything outside of that, you can just be happy for other people and not necessarily compare yourself to them. One thing that we've been able to do is really spend on like experiences. And in 2023, we both were able to do like our absolute favorite things and we were able to experience them front row. 
for me, it was going to see Beyonce at the Renaissance tour. Because it fell on my birthday weekend, we went out of the country and we kind of celebrated my birthday while she was on tour. And I was able to buy my dream tickets because I remember going to the last show and seeing her. I mean, I was pretty close at that point, but I was like, no, I want to be right there in the front. So this time around, I was at a point financially where I could be right in the front and I could go see her like in a totally different country. And then later on in 2023, my husband is a huge Dallas Cowboys fan because he loves football. We saw them front row and that's something that he's always wanted to do. And it was just so nice to see how last year we didn't like go to the Bahamas or like go on some seven day or two week vacation to, you know, have a spa day or, you know, what all the things that you see people doing. And it's because it was like, no, like what we really want to do is just be able to indulge on the things that we really love. And for me, it's Beyonce. And for him, it's the Dallas Cowboys. And like, that was plenty. So that's what I mean by like, this stage is really the freedom of like not being in comparison and being able to truly spend your money on the things you love because you are no longer like fighting the paycheck to paycheck cycle. You have enough self-awareness to be able to understand, you know, what you truly enjoy. And again, you're not comparing yourself to other people. So during this stage, we also became first-time home buyers. We built an emergency fund. We saved up $100,000 between retirements and savings account. And this is just my retirement. Like we have totally separate retirement accounts, obviously, but $100,000 between my retirement account and our joint savings. And we're able to like spend regularly on the things that we love without guilt about it. So for me, again, coffee, I buy very like high quality coffee. I love being able to do that. I love having my coffee routine every morning. And it's not something that I take the cheap route on. And for my husband, he really likes Air Jordans, like the sneakers Air Jordans. And every couple months, it's like if he loves, you know, that specific shoe, that specific Jordan coming out, it's like he'll buy it and it's not a big deal. And I remember like back in stage three where I talk about I was being so restrictive, I would get upset because he would just buy shoes. And really, it was coming from a place of not being self-aware, not really understanding what it looked like to balance financial freedom later and having enjoyment now. And I was like, why do you need to buy all these shoes when the truth is, is like, this is just what he likes. Is there's not a lot of things that he really enjoys or like he really wants to spend money on, but why is it a problem for him just to buy a new pair of sneakers every couple months when he really likes the shoe? And when I talk about being more self-aware, it's something that I learned in stage four that I'm actually happy that he gets to buy the shoes that he wants because when he was younger and when he was growing up, he wasn't able to do that. So how amazing is it that we are in a place where he can do that. Just have the freedom of being able to buy the shoes he wants when he wants and not think about not having the money for it or missing, you know, that specific shoe release because he didn't have the money for it. That's what it looks like, at least right now, for us to spend regularly on the things that we love without guilt about it. And 
during this stage, I was able to quit my full-time job as an engineer and go full-time in my business. Now, during this stage, extra money went towards saving for that home that we purchased and being able to fully furnish it while other things remained stable, meaning our spending was stable. We were paying off our credit cards monthly uh, because we were using it to spend on things throughout the month and really investing in our retirement regularly. And we also are able to continue to save during this time. So this is really the stage that my clients, they come to me wanting to be in. So I talked about the stage that my clients are in when they come to me is stage two, where they're having like this big learning curve and really just trying to get out the paycheck to paycheck cycle. But where they want to be is at stage four and something that I have to take them through the process of is saying, that is going to be so easy for you when you get there, but getting out of a paycheck to paycheck cycle first is the first step because they just haven't had that learning curve yet, but they want the sexy thing. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but you'll be so much more prepared and less stressed when you get out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle first, which allows you for this stage of freedom because you've built the healthy money habits. You've unlearned what has subconsciously kind of stuck with you from childhood and you actually understand where your money is going. So knowing how to manage your money in between paychecks is really that first step to getting to this stage of freedom. And I stayed in the learning curve stage for years because I was doing things like trial and error. I really didn't have, you know, someone I trusted to talk about money with in order to guide me through this stage. So I was just learning on my own. But I'm able to help my clients get out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle in 60 days because of what I learned through that process, because I did so much trial and error, because I was able to see what worked and what didn't work. I went through the process of, okay, what actually helps with budgeting? What is too restrictive? What happens after you've been restrictive and now you're spending so much money because you didn't allow yourself to do it before? Like I have experienced all of those things. So some of the best practices that I've learned up to this point is what is able to help my clients get out of this cycle in 60 days. So if you want to experience the freedom of not having to be stressed about money, getting out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle is your first step and I can help you absolutely do this in 60 days. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Women Talk Money. Connect with me on Instagram at Akira Nicholson, where I share more about managing your money without sacrificing the things you love on the way to your next financial goal. If you want to learn more about what it looks like to have me guide you step-by-step to managing your money with confidence so you can achieve your next money goal, then check out my website, links below in the show notes.